Hey everyone, welcome to Own Her Ship, where the only captain of this ship has got to be you. It's your host, Favor, and I'm back again for another episode of Own Her Ship. I'm super excited to introduce this episode and really dive deeper into what we're going to discuss today. Um, very personal, I decided to take a very personal route because like we say here in ownership, it's not just for the corporate girls, it's really just to showcase the complexity of women, um, the variations of who we are, where we're coming from, the journey. And as a disclaimer, I have not yet completed the journey, I'm still in it. <laughs> so we're learning this together and I'm super excited to do that all with you with you all. If you have not yet subscribed, as you know, subscribe and follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. You can find her at, you can find us at Own Her Ship, and you can also follow me at Strange Favor on Instagram. We'll definitely be taking more social media platforms as we get going, but I'm super excited just to be consistent. Let me just, let me call that, let me call that out right now. I'm super excited to just know that I've done at least one part. Um, but I'm excited. See, today's episode is really, really interesting. It's actually called The Whole Nine. And I am I took a deep dive into this just about some current things I've been thinking about myself and just about how life's going. Um, next steps, we're going to talk about even the things that have once held somebody back. But also a major part of this is um, community. The community you're building, the community you've once built, the state of it, is it mutual, is it not mutual, it's really interesting and I'm super excited because I feel like I'm in the midst of it right now and it has been for quite a while but I'll dig into that deeper in later in the episode, we'll get into it. Um, But we'll go ahead and top this off with our first segment as you know is mic check and really here we're talking about words to get rid of, things to really resurface within yourself. Changing your vocabulary not only just changes the way you talk, but it changes the who like the way you see yourself, the way you see the world around you. And that's so important, but it wouldn't be important if I really never got to tell you what the whole essence of it. And so this is what today's mic check is about. Um Today's mic check really, it hits home because it really delves into self-hate, like being the biggest hater (laughs) of yourself, you know, of not only your accomplishments, but like what your actual makeup is as a person. Um, And I find it so common nowadays, not just in people around me, but I, I had to unpack a lot of things when it came to that. Um, just the packing cases of where I was my biggest naysayer with anything that had to do with me. It could be academically, it could be in the form of relationships, which was a lot. Um, it was even in the form of like financially or just like just when you want to do something new, like this venture, you know, um, I think I've told a lot of you all, if you've been listening to my episodes for quite a while, you understand that podcast is not something new to me. It's not like I'm not joining a bandwagon. Um, I've been I've been consuming podcast content for over a decade, um, even when nobody wanted to. And I think it's also from the stretch of like, I was someone who grew up reading at a really early age. I'm into the literary stuff. I'm, I I was so into it. I eventually became into like audiobooks. So I'm not surprised that I eventually liked podcasts. Um, 
And I think why I am so excited to even build this podcast is because I actually consume podcasts. I watch a lot of podcast episodes. I can say that even now that podcasts are more visual now, I still consume it, you know, but I don't need to actually watch it visually. I get, I literally have like my Apple podcast, even with my memory solo right now, I refuse to cut it off because it's something that gets me going, especially when I go for walks during the day or, um, just some, like, even if I have a few minutes of me time at work when I'm trying to do some like focus work and just have some, um, some podcasts that relate to my job or they just relate to me as a person, some self things, some pushing myself to new bounds. It just really um, regurgitates itself as just as a reaffirming to me, to me. <laughs> so that's something I acclaim by. And I can definitely say I was my biggest hater when it came to even starting this podcast, continuing it, thinking if I was capable or who the hell would want to listen to me. <laughs> But we're here. We're episode three. So I'm really addressing this because you can change as many words in yourself. But if if you don't really fix how you talk to you, you're going to have a big problem along the way. Self-hate is so common. It can come in the form of even laughter. Like, you know, I'm not this or, you know, I'm not really that great at that. Or, you know what? That's not made for you. Or like self-hate is so passive. And that's the most concerning factor about it is that it's never outlandishly like, I can't, I hate myself. It's literally passive words that you uh, affirm yourself with throughout the day that you regurgitate. In some formats, it's things that people have told you. Um, and you literally place it on your head as like word that is forever bond. Um, it really drives like that big enemy within yourself. You know, it drives that big enemy in one, which, which now makes you, like we said, your biggest hater. And I had to really tell myself that because self-hate is something that recently I've been trying as much with myself in doing, not trying, doing that like when I hear myself coming to it, I immediately dismiss it. Like I mean, like no, no, that's not it. Reaffirm, recreate a new word for it, and create that atmosphere of actually accepting yourself, actually allowing yourself to be you in its fullness. In its fullness, let's be correct. So self hate is something that we're consistently seeing, like. Um, as a pattern, I don't know how many of you have, but if you have, like, you know, definitely I love to hear your thoughts on it, where your stories are coming from. I I just know myself. I, I know the things that I just, it can come even in the form of like, you know, oh, I'm not even that good at that. Or when people try to compliment or bring you um, just good news about yourself, just praising good things that like are working for you and so forth. It's like, oh, I don't like that. Or, ah, oh, ha, 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 ha. I'm, I'm the laugher. I'll laugh it off like nothing happened and so forth. But you can already tell that's a laugh and mockery about yourself, about who you are, about where you're going. Like Self-hate is so passive. And I really want you all to take out the time this week, even as we close out this segment, to really see the areas that you've been passive about uplifting yourself and praising yourself or just ensuring that you're like, you are that person. You're that girl, man. Like, I'm telling you, like, main character energy, anything that's affecting it, that's passive, man. 
And the fact that it's going over your head is the biggest reason why you need to pinpoint those things. So this week, even as you're coming into this new week, whether you're at work, whether you're at school, whether you're on the go, whether you're running your business, be careful of those things that you're passively letting come into you. And also be careful of people who provide that. They provide the fuel to that energy. A lot of people don't know. I feel like we always talk about the outlandish things, the things that don't really, that they're so loud. Know that person. Like we know the people who are so outlandishly hating on your, on your progress. But then there's people who just passively, th- they just think that they're doing so good for you, but really they wrap it up in all this. Like, you know, you could be better at this or this and that. Like, I'm not saying that there's nothing to improve about life. No, there always will be. But if someone keeps reminding you of everything you miss in it and wrap it around and like, oh, you know, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. No, that's 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 garbage, really. That's that in itself is is a joke. So be careful of the people who like drop seeds about you and this benefit. Be careful of that energy that you keep around you, like protect it. Protect yourself because your mind, I think in the pandemic, one thing I've learned more than ever is that keep a sane mind. Make sure that you're at peace. And a lot of that takes is a decision. All of it takes really is commitment to you. So definitely do that. So I I just want to drop that little mic drop right there for all of us. Look through this week and ensure, see it out, sift it out and be able to address it. Don't just sift it and say, oh, I hear it now. Like, no, address it. Get to it, cut it off, so that you you could just feel a stretch of new newness in you. You deserve it. So just a little thing to tell you all during this week. Okay, so I'm super excited for um this segment serve. And as you all know, this is like my old day to Serena Williams, the the goat of it all. Um, even as she's closing out this chapter in her life and starting off afresh with her family and her businesses, we're super excited for her. So go Serena. Um, but I'm excited about this one. I feel like I'm about to position a little bit differently and I think it might change the trajectory of the podcast going forward, but I'm excited about it and I'm going to show you why I'm excited about it. So usually in serve, as you all know, we're really just getting to the nits and grits of self-reflection to ourselves, talking to ourselves, um, Talking to ourselves, addressing certain cases about like your former you, your younger you. Um, if you could really speak or, or give an old day to um, yourself or maybe even others in your life prior to, then you can do it here. Now, I'm excited about this one because if y'all know the whole TikTok phenomenon, the thing about TikTok is that it knows how to resurface a song that's gone. We don't even remember it anymore. And they make it seem like it's this hottest, non- it's this hottest thing going on. Some of the songs, like I'm like, wow, I haven't heard this song in forever. And so TikTok really took a big turn with it. And I love that they're doing it, though I was big hating on it a couple of seconds ago. I do appreciate the fact that they resurface songs. Sometimes the song gets annoying over time, but you become literally a fan of whether it be the beat and eventually the lyrics. And this is a song that definitely did it for me. So um, definitely love Yo Gotti. I love the whole fam. I love his whole tribe that follows with him and his crew. Um, but Right now on TikTok, Yo Gotti's song Law is going viral. It's it's a big deal. And I just, I'm excited because it's real. I love the beat. I do enjoy the beat. I love the chorus and so forth. But I haven't heard this song in so long. Like, I mean, so long to the point that I think the last time I heard it, I was quite young at the time. And 
I don't think I really understood what it meant until now. There's a lot of points in there. There's a lot of lyrics I can really get up into it. But right now, we're going to talk about one of them. And it really relates to how I've um, been feeling. Though, I'm going to tell you a lyric before that because that lyric was fire. And he was basically saying, trying to steal my swag. That's copyright infringement. You can't rock all white if your white be looking dingy. That's a mm, heads up, heads up right there. Look, white is supposed to be bright white. Okay. Not off-white, if it wasn't made for off-white. And some people say, like, oh, well, now if it's off-white, everybody going to know it's off-white. It's like, no, you always know a shirt that was supposed to be primetime white. And when it's not, it's not. But that's not the point. And this one, we're going to talk about the next line where he says, the brokest bitch is always trying to say the... The brokest bitch is always trying to say the independent. And then he talks about, like, oh, I'm picking real bitches or bad bitches. Do you feel me? But the part that got me is, like, the brokest bitch is always trying to say the independent, Right. And though many people may go and say like, oh, what are you talking about? Like being broke. I mean, in some cases, maybe he is, but I took it a different turn. And this is where I was really serving it up today. And it stems from an old day. This is an old day to my youngest self. Um, that I think is currently, it, it affected me into my adulthood badly. And it, it stems from the fear of rejection. But um, this also stems from that part and that line where he was explaining it. He was like, honestly, the broken bitch is always trying to say the independent. It's like the people who really want it. You know what I'm saying? That's where I got that from. When he says the broken bitch is always trying to say the independent, I thought about the fact that, like, you know, the person I really want to so bad always says, like, oh, I didn't really want, like, I don't need it. Like, I'm an independent person. I know how to make my own means. Like, go sit down, man. And I understand it. It's like a juxtaposition. How can you be broke and then you say you're independent? Like, no, that doesn't make sense, you know? And so it's this idea of like covering up this facade with being an independent woman. And it's a common trend. I could definitely say that um, my younger self played that part so well. Like, you know, um, and I could say it even especially in my relationship life, like, you know, like, just how I was. I was a very late bloomer when it came to relationships and so forth. A lot of it on me, but a lot of it on this one factor, which is the fear of rejection. Like, I don't even like seeing people go through secondhand embarrassment, man. Like, that thing, it literally, I'll stop a show because of how bad I know it's about to be. Um, and because it affects me so personally. Um, I thought about it. I was like, man, like, how, like, these are some same girls talking about they're so independent. They're so above. Like, they're, they're living their best life. Not saying being independent is bad. It's not. It's perfectly well, you know? But when you use it as a cover-up for something you so desire but you don't have, that's when it seems like, you know, you're you're playing a part but not wanting to be the main character to it. So, yeah, I know. I dropped that drum. That was it. That was it. <laughs> um, and the reason why I say it is because, like, you... In many cases, it can come into the form of, like, just wanting to be in a solid relationship, wanting to be with the person that you so desire and so forth. But, oh, no, 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 no. It's not like I wanted to be with that person and that person gets a relationship and you're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm on my independent stuff right now. Like, go sit down. The juxtaposition is just not working, you know? It's not working. You can't cover it up, like, you know? And that may be a shield that one uses to ensure they don't see hurt. Um, that's my younger self. <laughs> that I felt like spilled into my older self, you know, like this fear of like, I don't want someone to tell me something that I either know about myself or I don't want to hear right now. Like, it's not going to build me up. It's not going to make me better. And 
And that I realized that like that's the old that's addressing the overarching point. Like, you know, it stems from what? It stems from um not fitting the part, not meeting the expectation, feeling like you're undeserving, you know? Not uh, like eventually in cases like I was just like, you know what? Forget it. Like F it. Like I don't want it. I don't really want it because I refuse to put myself in such a state of like, uh um a, a st- I, w- I wouldn't call it anxiousness, but a state of just like Ah, it's so uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable, you know. Um, recently, I was listening to a, a young woman on Instagram. She's a po- she's not even a podcaster. She's a cold lawyer and whatever. But recently, she gives like her tips on dating and so forth. Very fun, very lightweight, and I think it just gets to the point. And it's good to hear it from someone that's like a woman. And she was like, she was like, there's two reasons why people like. She's like, there's two reasons why you're not dating right now. Mind you, I'm like in a whole nother state trying to build like my own personal life up, which is taking a lot more time than I'm expecting. And I think this kind of dealt with it. So she said, there's two reasons why you're not dating right now. One, you two clicked up. All of you guys running the roofs. It's not cute. Okay. You girls, girls, she came in with you and your seven girls. Ain't nobody coming up to that table. And she's like, men, she's like, I've never seen men run up their robes until recently. And it's very scary. She's like, why are you going with your six men? Like, your six guys. Can you not go somewhere alone? And it kind of, like, took me. <laughs> it took me back. I was like, oh. She's like, can't you not go somewhere alone? Like, you're a grown adult. And it was really offensive. But then again, it's like, you know, like, you need that. And then I'll I'll have to talk on that whole thing at another time, just not this episode. The second one is kind of where I want to stem from. The second one, she's like, you're fear, you're fearful of rejection. Now, I can definitely say both in the same, but really where I was leaning towards was the second one. And the reason why it hit home is so much, you can use it in relationships, you can use it in trying to get a job, you can use it with your friendships. You can use it in anything, starting your business, even if you have a podcast, like continuing it on, fear of rejection, fear that when people hear this podcast episode, they're going to be like, ugh, can she shut up? Oh, <laughs> at a point, I stopped making, I don't even make podcasts for people anymore. I have a desire to make it bigger. I have a desire for it to go really far and so forth. But I kid you not, I just, I completely allowed myself to just have fun. And that's allowed me to stay on schedule and I have a commitment to myself to make a certain amount by the end of the year and even going forward. I'm, I'm just really hyped. I'm, I'm hyped for what's coming up, but it took me having to, like right now, making this podcast episode, though I missed my date that I should have made my podcast episode, I sh- made sure that I wouldn't enter a new week without completing this. And that's what I'm doing right now. So a lot of y'all about to get this early in the morning on a Monday, but hey, it got done. But it was fear of rejection. She said, you have this fear of rejection. But she said, let's spin it up. I want to spin it up differently. You should want to be rejected. And I said, wow. I never thought of it like that. She said, one, you should want to be rejected by the people who are unavailable. She said, people who are in relationships, you should not want them coming near you. People who are in situationships, keep them at bay. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should want to be rejected. She said you should even want to be rejected by people who don't find you attractive. That's a big one. Because I think that's a big reason why people don't 
want to put themselves out there. She said, you should want to be rejected by the person that doesn't think you're attractive so that you don't find yourself always second guessing if you're enough. You'll be doing that. She's like, as you started, you'll do it for the rest of your life. Like, or however long you'll be with that person or in that situation, you'll be forever counting like not enough, not enough and trying to meet a measure that you'll never meet in that person's mind. She said, you should want to be rejected by people who don't find you attractive. It doesn't mean that there's not one out there. There's not people out there that don't find you attractive. That person's just not it. And it should bring you a happiness. This all stemmed for the fact that she said you should walk up. She like, some people should learn how to walk up to people. And if you find them attractive, like, you know, having that conversation and so forth. And for the first time, people say it all the time, but I feel like people say it and they've never done it. So that's why it's very ironic for me. When I've heard people say this all the time, like, you know, try something new, like, you know, go up to the person. Oh, you know, like, oh, don't be be bold. Like, okay, you're saying something you didn't do or you're saying something that other people had to encourage you to do. So when she told me that when she said it in the in the live, I thought it was interesting. She did talk about her background, saying that she's very much someone who has been doing this since she was young. She's been doing this since she was like in her teens like, you know, going up to guys or so forth. In this case, going up to guys and so forth. And being that more like, you know, going after you what you want. So I can listen to someone who's actually done it before. So when she said that, I was like, ooh, this is interesting. It reframed everything for me. She's like, you should want to get rejected by a group of people. So rejection, it has an ugly face, but it can have a beautiful ending to it, knowing that, you know what? That wasn't the right place for me, but I know there's so much out there. Um, so I'm going to have to give you guys a rundown when I try this. Okay, because I haven't tried it. So sorry. Um, but it really opened up a lot to me. Um, and it opened up a lot of areas where I was so fearful of. Or I, I just really didn't, didn't want to address if you ask me right now, even if you go to my, if you go to my Instagram, like I have no pictures of, I was just fearful of me, like fearful of like liking me or do I have anything? And I'm a biggest critic of myself. I'm a biggest critic of my pictures. I don't have any pictures on there really. Like even if my current state, probably even my current hairstyle, like I don't think, when's the last time I had a picture online? Like, and it's so crazy. And I was thinking about it in the form of dating. But when I came out outside of that, because I realized we're in such a virtual world and I love, it's not like I'm not online. It's just, I just have this fear of rejection, this fear that people won't like what I present. Um, and it is something that I started from a very young age, you know, and all of it, when I was having this conversation with myself and with others around me, I realized that, no, that's just, you're afraid you're never going to meet an expectation. You shouldn't want to be chasing someone's expectations. You should just be enough. Damn, that hurt. Like, I felt like, I was like, I felt it in my throat right now. Like, you should really just be enough. And if you're not enough for that person, then guess what? Sayonara. Because I've been in cases where you're just not enough. You're chasing an empty, right? You're, you're begging someone to, to love an aspect of you that they don't like. And that's the biggest hurt in the world. That's rejection 101, right? So I just wanted to serve this all to you all, that those areas that you're not really pushing forward in, or you see that, man, things feeling a little like flatline, 
yes, you, you have a fear of rejection you need to address. And that may be the overarching view, but now you need to break it down into how do I overcome that? Because there's steps to it. For you, it might just, for me, it could be just taking a freaking picture and putting it up online. Some of you could be the boldness of just like, you know, signing on that new deal, saying your music isn't trash and letting everybody hear it. How about that? <laughs> but, um, yeah, we just want to serve that all to you today. So our next segment is let down your nets. This is the bulk of our episodes and, um, we're just going to get into the nitty gritty on it. Um, this episode or this segment, Let Down Your Nets, this one's probably going to be part one of multiples. And we're going to talk about different aspects of it. But today I'm going to really get into the general view of it. Now, for those who follow me on Instagram at Strange Favor, which I will be revamping because kid you not, I don't use my Instagram to post anything outside of my stories. You may see me post like content, um, events, things that I'm so in support of. But in terms of actual posts, I don't post it. One, because I'm a visual person. And if I think it's not up to par, I don't want to hear it or see it. But then two, that probably goes back to the former segment, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, two, also, it's just me. I, I need to work on that. But regardless, if you know me from prior before, I used to have a series, which I only did one of them. You see why I'm doing this podcast and continuing these episodes? I only did one of them, and it was actually on a friendship series, which got a lot of views. A lot of people really looked into it. I just want to talk about, like, friendship, you know? Um, community. Um, people. My experience with that series as I wanted to continue on from the last time I did that series to now, 360. I can definitely say hands, hands down 360. Life has changed for me. Um, but I wanted to use this part. And maybe I will actually be using my, um, my Instagram to talk about these conversations more openly. But in this case, it was like my friendships. It was a friendship series. I, I enjoyed it for the little time I had. And I've had a lot of openly open conversations with people, a lot of my friends, a lot of people around me about what that means. Now, one thing I know for sure is that your friends are a direct correlation to the community you made. I feel like family no problem. I come from a very big family. I know what it is to have a big family. People always ask me, like, I love that you come from a big family. It's both good and bad. Um, and maybe in another episode, I'll talk about why I say it's both good and bad. Um, but I want to get into this. And this is my biggest proponent. You can't really... You can't buy your family. Like, you know... You were either born into that family or not. This is your lineage or not. This is your generation you come from or not. Like, that's something you can't change. But the community that you first build by yourself, the one that you were consciously aware that you put together, your friends, people close to you, whether you, you have them from college, church, events, business, programs, hobbies, 
that's friendship, you know? Maybe even concerts, drunken nights. There's lots of things where you meet people, like, and they become a part of your community. And because these are people you've picked in certain acts, but you made decisions. If, if for anything, and maybe I'll get a lot of flack for it, but I think your strongest relationships are more so the people you picked than the ones you've been born into. The ones you pick, you consciously thought of it, whether whether you were out of your mind or not. You thought that this person was the best fit for this aspect of your life or at this time. And you made that decision and went through with it. And how it came to be, that's how it is. That's how it's been. But a lot of the conversations that I've been having recently and over the past couple months and so forth is just friendship. You know, my friendship groups have changed since... <laughs> Oh my gosh, for a long time. My friendship groups have changed all the way from high school to college to coming into like adulthood. Like when you first get out of college, that little patch of life. Then after that, um, after that little patch of life, then you go into what? You go into like more um, your long-term adulthood and so forth. Yes, it shows itself. Um, but my friendship groups have changed. The level of how I'm friends with people has changed like 360. And it has me thinking about sometimes why they've changed. Did I put in enough as others put in, or did they put in enough as much as I put in? Do I even, sometimes I even ask myself, do I even care? Um, what was I expecting everything to be like? Um, it's just this balance of relationships, you know? Relationships really do make your experience as you're living in this life, but it also makes you realize, like, are all relationships supposed to, like, last the test of time? Are some of them just for a short period of time? And should I just celebrate it in that? And how do you even know the difference between the two or the three or the four? Because there's so many types of relationships. But I learned in a young, young time in my life that some people, like, I have some friends that I don't even have to talk to every day. But when we're on the line, when we finally get on the phone... We'll be on the phone like the whole day. I might even do errands with them on the phone. Like, it's just that kind of experience, like nothing ever really disconnected, you know? Um, and there's some friends that are just more like your everyday friends, like, oh, let's go out to dinner, friends. Oh, um, do you want to drive here? Like, you know, those kind of weekly, you see them day to day in in and out type friends. Um, then you have some friends that are more so for certain occasions. Everybody knows that friends that you just have for occasions, like you're all clumped into a group chat and some of them you're close to, some of them you're not. Yeah, like, you know, but when it's an event, when it's a party, it's up. Like, you know, like sometimes you even have just your friends you go out to parties with, like, you know, you just know. Um, sometimes you just have that friend that you go out with and you just want to go to a bar, you don't want to bring too many people, but you just want to be a person and just have a really good night. You have that friend, like, you know, um, and then you sometimes you have those friends like really for the academic stuff, like more of the, you know, I just really want to go out and watch this book tour or really um see the Appalachians. I don't know. Stuff like that. You have your travel friends too. Like it varies, like those groups of friends that you have and at what currency they are to you. Um, but it's really important because I was having a conversation with my really close friend. Um, but she was 
across the country from me. Funny enough, if she's listening to this, oh, day to you, girl. We had a conversation today and I was literally crying, like tearing up in the ducts of my eyes right now. Like I was just like, this life is so hilarious. And she told me about like, more so we were talking about like a situation that like was dead and gone and so forth. The person knew her at like a certain stage of her life and then try to, well, probably two certain stages of life, but they were really early on. And she was like, yo, it's been like four to five years. She told the person, and this was more like a romantic relationship um, at a time. And she was like, I told the person like, yo, I've changed. I hope you've changed. We've changed. Because it's like the person wanted to like continue now that they met. It's been five years later. Like, oh, let's, I'm going to start it fresh. Start it fresh from where? That girl you knew is not the same girl. And she, we were just having a conversation. She's like, I've been through everything already. Like everything, some of the most major things in my life happened in the span of five years. Like that girl he thought he saw, like, who is she? I don't even know who she is. And I started busting out laughing because... That's so true. Like, I think the alarming part we were having the conversation was that one, why hasn't he changed? Because obviously he was, he's thinking that you can go back to your 2019 self. That means that uncle's stuck in 2019. And that is concerning. Okay. Don't date people who are stuck in 2019. We're in 2022. Okay. Well, actually, I think it was 2016 she was talking about. But regardless of the fact, I was literally alarmed when she said that. I was like, that's so true. Like, that man is stuck in a different decade. But she was like, he was trying to bring me back to someone that I, I don't even know. I don't even know how she was built. Like, how did, like, how did that happen? All I know is that I'm not her. And it brought me to this conversation because we started going into a deep dive about different types of relationships, talking about, like, friend groups. Like, you know, we're talking about, like, group chats. We're talking about who you're close to now, who you weren't close to now. We're talking about having the need to not always be on the phone together. We were just talking about a bunch of things. Like, I had to talk to her in a few, like, a few months, been pretty busy, like, living out here. And I know she's busy, like, transitioning to a new role. We've just been busy, but we were on the phone cackling, having a whole time we were just talking about life like and I appreciate that relationship and I appreciate her so if she hears me you know I appreciate her so much because that's kind of like how our relationship is and we're both committed to what that looks like right now you know what that looks like that doesn't look like every day I'm on the phone with you that doesn't look like I'm taking trips to see you every day no that looks like like when we meet up we link up it's it's on you know like we're that that's our friendship dynamic. So the reason why this is really shocking to me is that I think over time I've realized in some of my friendships that I think we're putting in or expecting people to put in exactly what we think we're putting in. And we're expecting that every relationship will always be the same across the board in our relationships. That's not true. It's something I had to knock out of me really young. Like, how this relationship is would not be how the next one would be. And I think the thing that really got me out of that whim of, of just feeling like, oh, this person is my all in all, is just making multiple friends in different settings. At a time, I think in college, I have multiple friends from a whole lot of different settings and so forth. And in some cases, I really didn't want them to interact together because I just think that like these friends, they're good on this side because I know what they're for in my life, you know? And sometimes also, 
I really want to start talking about this more and I'll probably talk about it in like a part two is that how what you what the original plan for that friendship eventually evolves. Some of them can either be for a season where it's like, man, you were from my junior season. Like we just um, we just partied every single weekend from a certain time, like for a certain time in my life for like the next two years. Like, yeah, I had those friends type of friends. Then sometimes you have those friends. I had some friends from that same friend group that became people like sisters. Like, you know, we had real in-depth conversations about who we are. Meetups when like we would go on trips together, concerts together. Like it became more of like, oh, you can be my friend, even though I only see you in the night, I can see you in the daytime. A lot of this is really it's synonymous relationships too. Like, you know, that guy that is just like, you know quote unquote, just a nighttime guy. Like, you know, you know what you need him for. You know what he's there for in the shadows for. He arises in the nighttime and he's quickly forgotten in the morning. You know, there's people like that. No problem. And I think somehow, some way in that relationship, everybody knows their place. They know how it goes. They know what this is. But I think I'm finding more than ever, especially recently, that... Sometimes you need to have that hard conversation with those people. Like you really need to have those conversations with the people around you in cycles about where this is at, like where we're at in this relationship. I can't be your all. I'm going to break this down in the next episode. But the reason why I'm saying this is because sometimes people are expecting everything from you. Sometimes you're expecting everything from people. Stop. What that becomes is a burden onto someone for something that they didn't sign up for. There's some things that can naturally grow into that. I'm not saying that it won't be, but I'm just saying that like you cannot expect this person to be an all in all. That can also be a reason why like relationships can really be sucky for a person for someone. You could be in a relationship, for example, with a guy right now. You want him to be your man and your father. That's too much. And see, already, it's already, it's already doing too much. Like, this, like you want him to be your man. You want him to be a fire and pay your bills. Like, bro, like, go sit down. Like, that's too much. And that may be out of that man's scope. Like, he really physically just can't do it all for you on that. You know, he can't be your emotional support system. He can't be the man you love at night. He can't be also your, da- your father, too. Like, that's a lot. For somebody to work with that, because automatically, instead of it seeing like, oh, this is the lightweight view of like, man, I'm dating this awesome woman. It's more like, oh, God, like, get me out of here. Burdensome. In certain cases, sometimes it could be someone like you come to a point in your life, whether it be your career, your personal life, your spiritual life. Like, you know, you have a mentee, but you also want them to be your therapist. That's too much. The person can't now be someone that you're mentoring and then someone or someone that you're you're like you know you're providing a form of guidance to and then you want them to also be your therapist that's too much they didn't sign up for that and i think like in the workspace we're so open about what's in our scope what's not in our scope what like you know that's not really my line but like in our relationships we don't really say that we're not really akin to friendships or relationships where we're open to say like that's not in my that's not in my line to do with you right now because we're all fearful of the point of like, oh, losing someone. But maybe if we were more open about that or about what that person is, there wouldn't be a blurred line of like, oh, what 
what we both think of each other. In some cases, too, this could also be for your friends. Like, you know, like, and that's the reason why we even brought this conversation. Uh, how can, did I sign up for that, you know? When I thought over time, like, you know, there's a lot of cases that I really want to bring up. And I'll talk about it next about, like, you know, sometimes how friendships work. What are those factors that really align with it, you know? I, well, I don't know if, I'll probably do a part two on this episode. I'll see how I'll break it down. But I really want to talk about, like, the factors that affect friendship. Um, especially the specific relationship. Because it's one of the only relationships in your life that you build on your own choice and your own devices. So it's very important you know why and how those things find themselves. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because I just thought about sometimes as a friend, even in my case, maybe I'm thinking like, oh, you're my man. You're my like, you know, you're my um, punching bag, not like punching literally, but like, oh, I could throw anything at you. Like you're you're in the form of my employer providing me like guidance at work and so forth. You're the whole nine. That's where the episode really came from. Like you can't make everyone your world. <laughs> That's your only God can do that for you. You cannot make everybody this world that burden of being like everything to someone. That's something so strong to put on another person's shoulder when they were never expecting that. So I'm going to talk about this a little bit in part two, probably break it down. This is really where I wanted that series I made on Instagram to go to with the friendship series because I really just wanted to delve into those things, but also speak to us all like, how are you addressing the relationships you have in your personal life day in and day out? Because I don't think everybody sees it the way you're seeing it. Have you looked around and saw your friendships for whatever they are? Is that a peaceful transaction right there? Or is that if you light this on fire, it's over? Well, I want to know. You can tell me. Let's talk about this. You can DM me on Instagram. You can leave a comment in our um for our podcast and so forth. Talk that talk. I want to know, have you thought about this? Because it's really important to classify or understand how this is going to work to bring peace and an even balance to your life. So I'm going to leave that one on that. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll definitely be it for Let Down Your Nest today. But we're going to talk about this in the upcoming episode. I have some thoughts on this specifically. And maybe you guys can school me on what that should be. I'm, I'm open to hear it all. Hey everyone, so as you all noticed, the last segment is called Premier League. I really just made this episode and now it just got cut off, but I'm not even going to get into it. Um, so the part that I really wanted to talk about here today was really around, um, you know, this segment is about content. It's about media content, cinematography, movies, TV shows, things that, sometimes even tweets, that really just you know, hit the soul. And this one that I'm going to talk about today, I've actually watched it twice. Um, I cried through the whole movie twice, probably the same parts twice. Um, I'm not going to go into the political historical accuracy jargon, all that stuff. Um, you can eat that. Uh, <laughs> but I am going to give some love to some beautiful black, um, melanated beauties and talk about what, um, that, um, great movie, um, did for me and I'll probably talk about it in a couple episodes because I believe that movie did transform my mind to a couple of things so if you don't know the movie I'm talking about 
which I'm sure you are knowing of it, is um, The Woman King, which was a phenomenal movie. I love a phenomenal movie. It was so good. And we just want to shout out to um, Viola Davis and her husband for really bringing us to the production, com- um, to really raising a production company, um, ensuring that this movie gets seen, that there's even people who invest in it, though there was a lot of turndowns. And I think the origin of how, of how this movie came to be and how this movie is actually in life goes to show you there's a synonymous threat throughout it. So I'm 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 definitely supported it. I supported it twice just because look man, once once is not enough. Twice is sufficient. Okay. Um so in this one I I'm not gonna go into all the details of what that movie meant to me. Like I said, it's pretty large. Um it, it really changed a lot of things about how I view um community, growth, womanhood, even sometimes fitness. Those girls are looking beautiful even everybody everybody in that cast fine the color the sun was sunning the skin was skinning the coconut whatever oil they put on them was shining glistening ah the hair um the the garb everything oh cheers kids it was beautiful and honestly the cinematography was fire because the 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 part around like the oceans where the slave ships will come in it looks so real, like real to touch. It was it was beautiful. So um, that movie has a lot to unpack, but I'm not going to get into the stems of it. What I will talk about is kind of where our common thread is today, which is community. Um, one of my favorite characters that really touched me, like she got to my heartstrings really as a person. I laughed when she laughed, cried when she cried. Um, was Uzogi. Uzogi was such an impactful character. And I really want to give it up to Lashana Lynch. Like she did the damn thing on that character. She gave it life. Um, there's just so much I saw in Uzogi and myself. I see it in people I know. Um, Uzogi is definitely a, a pinnacle to turning pain into pleasure. Um, why I say that she can be both strong, but she can also be very um, playful, like a child. That's what she really reminds me of. Not childlessness, but youthfulness. Like, you know, that that curiosity that you have in youth, that um, joy of just knowing and being a keen and, you know, trying to just, she was just, somebody may say Naoi was that, but I think Uzogi was the older Naoi, you know? Um, if as now matured, she would be doing it in different keepsakes. And I think that's what Uzoki did. She showed a more reserved version of her, but I, I loved her to the point that when she died, I cried. I was so offended. Ah, how can they kill my, the, the love of this movie? But we'll let that one go. What we'll definitely say, um, we'll talk about just two relationships I thought that Uzogi had that were synonymous for me was um, the relationship she had with Amenza. Oh, I don't know if anybody really saw when Amenza found out Uzogi died. It literally rocked her for a bit. Someone that's so stoic and so refined, like it hurt me when I saw her shake. She was just like alarmed, like what? That's kind of like when you find out like somebody says, oh, um, like, <laughs> they tell you, like, oh, you don't have, like, uh, a big toe. Like, what? I, I don't have a big toe here. Like, what? Like, it's unconscious. Um, Their relationship, you can tell, was definitely, like, mentor-mentee. You could tell it was actually beyond that. It was very sisterly. Like, you know, like, they came from the same womb. They have such a, 
Um, Uzoki has such a respect for Amenza, and I believe Amenza, even though I believe in this case, Uzoki's probably younger, Amenza respects Uzoki so much as a person, what she's been through. Um, when she talked about even the story of her mother, that one made me cry. Like, it really just reminded me of, of like, hoping that the people that you're expecting to protect you to show up and they don't. Man, that's, when people talk about heartbreak, that's heartbreak. When the expectation of the one that you believe, like, was standing in the gap for you is, like, not there. There's no one waiting in the wings. No. It, it, it really hurt me hearing that story that she had. Um, but I believe Amenza and Uzogi have such a synonymous relationship as, like, maybe when Amenza sees her, she sees her as a younger her. When Uzogi sees her, she sees her as what she's always desired to be and so forth. But, um... I think a perfect example is when they fight the Oyo, um, the Oyo tribe and so forth. The thing that's really interesting is that if you see that fighting scene where they're using Amenza's um, spear together and Amenza like stabs the person and Izoki kicks the guy in the back and then they do like some 360 thing. I was like, man, these two, um, they remind me of a type of friendship where um, you may not have to be all up in each other's face every day, but you know what it is. When we get to the battle, when we get to the front of it all, when the lights are on, it's me and you to the end. And that relationship is so beautiful because they know what each other plays in each other's life. They know how to fit in. They don't try to overcompensate or come into a part to overthrow the person. They know what part to play. And I find it so remarkable about their friendship because it seems so subtle, but it's actually very intoxicating. Like you wanted an amends and Uzogi relationship. It really, I know people will definitely talk about the Uzogi Naoi relationship. That one is very pivotal, and that's my second one. But the amends Uzogi relationship, if only was talked so much, like, they really have um, what you would want in your own sister, what you would want in a friend. Like, they really know where to fit the pieces. And I think that that in itself made it so, uh, so unforgettable. Um, the second relationship is the one with Izogi and Naoi. I think when Izogi looks at Naoi, kind of like how Menza looks at Izogi, um, like a younger you, you know, Naoi is, except Naoi's very fearless. Naoi's very, she would fight for her own. I think for the first time, Uzogi saw in Naoi what she wished her mother would be for her, come back for her, stand up for her, be in the wings for her. Naoi's that girl. She's not going to let you out. Like, when she saw what she did with her friend in the thorn, she pulled her out. And she's like, well, that's so stupid. Why'd you go over? Like, no, it's like, what's the point of enjoying the luxuries and the, the pleasures of life if you can't enjoy it with the people you love? And she was building a friendship with these women. So you can see even when she won, the way she, the people she ran to, the people who, um, her friends who brought her joy when it's not just fighting in the battle, when you're just sleeping at night. The people who cover your mess. The people who stand by you, even when they know it's you, you know, like that um, is something that I believe Uzoki learned from Naoi. Is that always be in the wings waiting to stand in the gap for the people you love to the point that it even caused her death. You know, when she came back for Naoi, I realized for the first time that um, a mentor can be taught by even their mentee. And in those cases, 
you know, of course, I know now we felt really bad because it's like, this is someone that she learned to love, like, you know, someone um, who even when she was down, she spoke to her and was like, look, sometimes you have to be at a part in your life where someone literally needs to lead you. Not because you want to, not because you think right, but because you have to, you have to. Knowing where you're going, you need someone to tell you what to do. So the point where she said, what is the first word I told you? Like, you know, always listen to me, okay. And what am I talking to you right now? Get up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Things like that where, like, she refused to let her sulk in it, you know? And some of it could be from former experience. Maybe there's something um, Uzogi can relate to that she sees in Naoi. But their relationship, it can seem like it was forced in the beginning. But at the end, you realize it was always meant to be. Like, now we needed that kind of person in our life. Of course, it's good to have a mother. Of course, it's good to have a father. But damn, man, it's good to have someone that is your future. It's good to have access to your future. And I believe that's what now we saw in Uzoki. And that may be what we see continuing on. Hopefully, if they do have another one. But um, it was so real. It was so vulnerable, and their relationship had a lighthearted touch to everything. And it reminded me, and it made me ask myself, like, who calms your storm? Like, you know, who's secretly and um, wishing you the best? Who's openly? You need people to openly wish you the best. And those are two factors that I see in these two relationships. You need it all. It just means that, it just doesn't mean that every, that one person will be it all, but you do need it all. Um, even as we close out, just some things I'm going to be thinking about this week and some things you need to think about, like consider it and let's talk about it. Like, you know, follow me on Instagram. Think about your community this week. Like where did these communities stem from? Who are they? What parts do they play in your life? What's the current like state of the relationship? Is it mutual? Is it like, you know, one over the other? Like what? Ask those hard questions. Ponder on the community you've built. And sometimes just sit down and really assess it. Assess it. Sometimes you might have to sit down with that person and really have an open, honest conversation. But shed those fears of the unknown in your relationship life with people so that you can really see the fullness of what it could be. And that's something I want to address. I feel like there's always some weeds to it all, but I do. It won't just take this week, so trust and believe. But make it a conscious decision and talk to us about it. Like... Send me a DM on Instagram at Strange Favor. You can message us. Um, we also do have an Instagram for now, which is um on her shit pod. You can give us your views. What how have you what does community look like to you? What are the communities you have? What are some of the hard conversations you have to have this week? Um, what are some things that you assessed? I wanna know. I wanna be in this um I want to be in the deep end with you all on this. So tell us about it um, and definitely subscribe to us. Subscribe to our channel. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. And please, um, yeah, definitely subscribe and comment. Give us a review. Give us five stars. Tell us what you're enjoying about it. If this is your first time, welcome. I'm super excited to um, have this conversation with you every week. We're on and live every Sunday. And show this to your group chats. There's no way we're talking about 
community groups and you're not even showing this to your group chats. Send this to those little friendship groups that you're trying to still figure it out and you don't really want to talk about it yet. Just drop it, drop it in there. Um, put it on your Instagrams, like tweet it on your Twitter accounts. Um, I want to know what you think. It's going to get better. So many plans for ownership. But really, um, I'm glad that I can visibly be as vulnerable with you all. And hopefully you have the opportunity to do with us more. We definitely are going to produce a lot more content and a lot of more ways for us to have more um, in-person conversations. But that will be coming very soon as we progress this um, project of ours ownership. But I want to thank you all for taking your time every week to listen to us, to have these real conversations, to cackle, laugh, cry, whatever this episode does for you. But I just want to tell you, even as we close out, never forget that the only captain of this ship will always and forever be you. Till next time.